to y'all fellowship and it's so happy. Amen. Come on in and have a seat. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Got a little bit of feedback. Are we okay? Testing, testing. One, two, three. Testing. She turned me down a little bit. There you go. How's everybody doing? Are you ready for the word? Amen. Then stand to your feet. In honor of God's word, we're going to be reading from Numbers, the book of Numbers, chapter number 13. And we're going to start in verses 17 through 26. Numbers, chapter 13, verses 17 through 26. When you get there, you can say, Amen. I'm ready. I'm excited. Amen. I'm going to get y'all to laugh if I got if it kills me up here. Hallelujah. Verse 17. <clears throat> then Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said to them, Go up this way into the south and go up to the mountains and see what the land is like, whether the people who dwell in it are strong, weak, few, or many, whether the land they dwell in is good or bad, whether the cities they inhabit are like camps or strongholds, whether the land is rich or poor, and whether there are forests there or not, be of good courage. Look at the neighbor and say, be strong, be strong. And, of good courage. and of good courage. And bring some of the fruit of the land. Now the time was the season of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and spied out the land from the wilderness of Zin as far as Raboth near the entrance of Hamath. And they went up through the south and came to Hebron, Inaman, Shishai, and Talmai. The descendants of Amnak were there. Now Hebron was built seven years before Zoan in Egypt. Then they came to the valley of Eshkel, and there cut down a branch with one cluster of grapes. They carried it between two of them on a pole, and also some of the pomegranates and figs. The place was called the Valley of Ishkel because of the cluster which the men of Israel cut down there. And they returned from spying out the land after 40 years. Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel uh, children of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh, they brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in their land are strong, and the cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Amnak there. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for your word. Father, we thank you for your divine power. We thank you, Lord, that without you, we can do nothing. And we thank you, Father, that we're totally dependent on you this morning. So, Father, I am praying this morning that you would use these lips of clay. Father, do only what you can do. These people have come this morning to hear a word from the Lord. And, Father, I am here to serve you as a conduit, asking that you would use me, that you would speak through me, and that every heart will be encouraged, every heart will be strengthened, every heart will be built up, and that we will know when we leave this place that we heard a word from the Lord. Father, we give you praise, we give you glory, and all God's people said, Amen, Amen. amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. Uh, we've been in a series this past, I don't know, uh, this, all this month, and we've been talking about keys to a successful 2012. And we've been talking about uh, different things that we have to overcome and the kinds of attitude that we need to have moving forward as believers. I said before, how many of you want to be successful? And we said it in recent weeks, and everybody said yes. How many of you want to have a prosperous year? And everybody would say yes. Well, how many know there are keys to being able to make that happen? And as we dig into the Word of God, God has some answers for us. How many of you believe that? God has answers for us that will give us the kind 
of gear, the kind of blessing that we're seeking from him. Now, what I want to talk about today is a subject that you're going to have to pray for me because part of me want to just explode up here because I'm so excited. Amen. But how many know that you have to have a winning attitude yes. to be able to succeed in the kingdom of God? Life always are throwing curveballs at you. Am I right? Amen. Trials are always coming at you. Circumstances will continue to happen. I got a word this morning from somebody who said that somebody died unexpectedly. How many know that trials in life happen? But just because things happen in life does not mean that we are supposed to cow down. And, and it does not mean that God has forsaken us. Put it in your minds. Get it deep down in your spirit. Part of life is dealing with trials. Amen. How you, your perspective in what you deal with will determine your level of success. In other words, how do you look at the problem that you're dealing with? Some people, when they're going through a difficult time, they get a mindset that, that, that you know, maybe God has forsaken me. Maybe, perhaps, uh, you know, it's just, it's never going to happen for me. And if we're not careful, we can fall into a spirit of unbelief and doubt. Negativism. We start to wonder if God, if, if we're really going to make it. If, if we start to wonder if God's word is really true. Now, I'm going to say something, I'm going to drop this bombshell on some of you. You're going to be like, oh, What? But I want you to stay with me because I'm going to preach it from the scripture so you get it. Jesus fought like a winner. Jesus has the attitude of a winner. Now, why is that important? Because somebody, some folks have a picture of Jesus that he just walked around all the time. He was just sad. He was just gloomy. He was just unhappy. He was just, you know, you know, they got this picture of Jesus. He stood around people and people were laughing and joking. And Jesus, what do you think about Jesus? And he just kind of, you need to get saved. You need to get born again. Now, Jesus preached that. Don't get me wrong. But how many know Jesus... Jesus was a lover of people, and people love to hang around Jesus. They love to hang around Jesus. How many of you like to hang around people that are full of negativism? How many of you like to hang around people that's always doom and gloom? Is there one? Jesus was a winner. No matter what, how many of you know Jesus went through some stuff? But not, not one second did he ever wonder, I wonder if I'm going to make it through this. He never thought, well, you know, I, I wonder, I wonder, you know, and, and they were trying to kill him. They lied on him. They physically assaulted him. His own people deserted him in his most needy hour. You remember the disciples, all of them left? They all fled when Jesus was about to go to the cross. But Jesus never, ever walked around and thought, well, I don't know if I'm really going to make it. I know God said he's going to help me, but this is, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to make it. Can I say to you as a believer, you ought not be thinking that way. You are already an overcomer. Do you know that? Yes. Most believers, we say that. Oh, yeah, I know that's what the scripture said. But do you really believe that you're an overcomer? Because if you really believe in overcoming, your whole attitude would change no matter what you're going through. I can't lose. Do you hear me? You as a believer, you got to believe I can't lose. Even when it looks, I mean, no, they thought Jesus lost when he died on the cross. Jesus says, Pilate says, don't you know I have the power to crucify you? Jesus said, no, you have no power over me. I have commandment. I can lay my life down and I can take it up again. I'm letting you do this. But you need to know, you have no power over me. Jesus was the one. Some of you, you don't believe it. Okay, let me, let, me show, let me show you a couple of scriptures. You ready? Jesus said this in John 15, 11. You can write this down. Watch this. He said, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. He didn't say that my depression, that my oppression. He said that my joy might remain in you and that your joy may be full. 
How many know that Jesus cannot give you what he don't have? He said, I'm going to give you my joy. He says another place, he said another place, he talks about my peace I give unto you. Not like the world giving unto you. My peace transcends worldly activity. Watch this in Luke 4, 18. Write it down. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. Did anybody know what gospel means? Good news. Good news. Watch this. Brother Jeff. Hey Amen. I just want to tell you. I've got some good news. Jesus says he saved it. And, uh, you, know, he, you know, Jesus will watch. He will save you and take care of you. And I, that, that's some real good news. Um, Jesus loves you, brother. I just want you to know that. Amen. That's a good word. But how did I present that to you? Secretly, kind of, not really happy about it. Mm-hmm. I know mean, when you really got good news, you know, when you really got good news, hey, let me tell you, well, let me tell you about somebody who changed my life. Let me tell you about a man named Jesus. Let me tell you what happened to me, where I was, when he came and got me, what kind of lifestyle I was living. But Jesus came, he saved me, he picked me up, he resurrected me, he gave me a new life. Let me tell you about a man that can change your life. Good news. Good news. Jesus was anointed to preach the gospel of good news. The gospel is the good news. Watch this. It goes a step further. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. How many of you brokenhearted today? Jesus is here. To proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. I mean, no, Jesus didn't walk around, Jesus didn't walk around depressed and oppressed. That's the spirit of the enemy. He didn't walk around. You know what oppression means? To be burdened psychologically or mentally. To be sad and to be gloomy. I know the people of God are supposed to be some of the happiest people on the planet. You're supposed to be full of joy. That, that, that you know, when we're walking in the spirit, you know, you know, people will just start to cling to you when you walk with God the way you're supposed to. Now, there was the ones that want to sin. They're they gonna, you know, they're gonna do what they do. But, 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 but the folks that God called, and you start walking in the spirit, then there's something about the light of the gospel that will draw people. They'll draw people to you. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. Now, I want you to hear this because this has to do with, with our attitude about life. Because we want to see how Jesus was and how he is in Luke 4, 22. So all bore witness to him. This is Luke 4, 22. And marveled at the gracious words which proceeded out of his mouth. In other words, when Jesus got through preaching the gospel of the kingdom, he was preaching that sermon on the mount, they all sit back and said, wow, wow. I mean, something about Jesus that just lifted people. See, the gospel comes to lift people up. To pull you out of depression and oppression. Jesus came to heal the brokenhearted. He came to lift us up. They marveled and they said, we never heard a man speak like this. And they marveled at the gracious words that came out of his mouth. Acts 10, 38, how God anointed Jesus, come on, of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went around doing good and healing all who were, watch it, who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Good God. Jesus went around doing good, healing all that were oppressed. What are we trying to say? We're trying to say as the people of God, you got to think like a winner. You can't be walking around talking about we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. You're trying to figure out, is God going to help you? If God is really with you, just because you have a hard situation, just because you're trying to overcome some things, are you going to now start doubting, start wanting, start stepping back and saying, well, you know what, I guess I'm not going to make it. How I many of those were, they all not come out of, a, out of a believer's mouth. Yes. You're more than an overcomer. And it's time we act like now watch this. So we find ourselves here in Numbers chapter 13. I love Numbers chapter 13 because the people of God now are at the point 
First of all, you got to know the backdrop. God had made them a promise. He says, now, I'm going to take you into your own land, a good land. A land that's flowing with milk and honey. A land where God, God's eyes are always on this place. A blessed land. How many know God likes to bless his kids? Some people got a problem with that. I'm serious. There are some people, that they think that God don't like, God likes blessing his kids. And God, told, God said to the people of Israel, I'm going to give you a good land. A land flowing with milk and honey. It's yours. Now, I mean, if God says it's yours, it's what? You better believe it. One of the things that will help you when you're going through a trial is this. God made me a promise. God made me a promise. And I'm going to stand on his word no matter what it looks like because God made me a promise. <laughs> So the children of Israel, they're now about to go into the land of promise. And so Moses said, okay, here's what we need to do. We need to go and spy out the land. Because God gave them the land, but now they got to go in and take it. Yes. Did y'all hear that? That's a whole other sermon. God gave them the land, but they got to go in and take it. Right. See, there's no laziness in the kingdom. Kingdom people got to work. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, so we ain't going to re-preach that. And so, so Moses says, okay, I'm going to send out 12 spies. They sent out 12 spies to represent every tribe. There were 12 tribes. So he sends them out, the spies. And they spy out the land. And surely when they get there, they see the grapes. They see the fruit. They see how beautiful this place was. And it was everything that God had promised them. So they all now, after 40 days, they have to come back and report to Moses what they got. Now you would think, God already made me a promise. This land is mine. That everybody come back saying, Ooh, praise the Lord. This is going to be great. But it wasn't like that. Ten of them had a whole, they saw the whole different way. But Joshua and Caleb, they saw something that the others didn't see. Your perspective shapes your destiny. Your perspective. How do you see things? How do you see what you're going through right now? Now watch this. So here we go. So they're in this place and Moses come back. So the people, the spies come back and report to Moses. And look at verse 27 and 29. Now just stay with me. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. Are y'all there in Numbers chapter 13? It truly flows, I want y'all to read with me, it truly flows with milk and honey. In other words, Moses, everything that God said through you, it is exactly that. And this is the fruit. In other words, here's the evidence. Nevertheless, uh-oh, here it is. It's nice. It's a blessing, but. But. See? The people who dwell in the land, they're strong. Okay? The cities are fortified. And very large. Moreover, watch this. We saw the descendants of Amnak there. And the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. And the Canaanites dwell by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. Now, did anybody, did anybody think that God already knew who dwell in the land? Before he told them to go get it? I mean, did you see this? No, no, no. Here they are. They're supposed to be seeing this is where God has us. This is where God wants to take us. But they're seeing something different. They are focused on the giants. Brother Jeff, you're my prop today. Brother Jeff represents a giant. Brother Jeff represents a problem, an obstacle. A hardship, a challenge. Here's what we do, and we don't even realize it. Now watch this. Some of you are going to quickly deny, but watch. Problem, I worship you. Problem, I give you praise. I thank you that you make me doubt. I thank you, problem, and, and I'm just going to exalt you, problem. Because, because, because you're awesome, problem. I'm focused on you because you're the problem and, and, and I worship the problem. 
I exalt you problem. There's nobody greater than you. There is nothing greater than you problem. And we do that sometimes, don't we? We look at the problem, the giant. We're focused on God. God don't want you to be worried about the giant because He made them too, by the way. But oftentimes we look at the giants, we look at the problem, and we worship the problem. We give more praise to the problem than we give to God, who can solve the problem. What we should be doing is saying, God, I give you praise. Though this is an issue, you're stronger than that. And God, I thank you that I'm coming up out of this. That's what we should be doing. But, but, but look what they're doing. Thank you, brother. Go ahead, give me, give me a hand yeah. first. Now watch. Here's what they're doing. They see the giants, and they're focused on the giants. I mean, they, they totally forgot all about the grapes, the, the beauty of the place. They're focused on the giants. Boy, I know God want to bless us, but man, I don't know if we can overcome that. I, I know I'm going through a real tough time. I got a sickness. I, I, I don't really know if God can really help me. I really don't. I'm not sure. But then Caleb Amen. quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession for we are well able to overcome it. Yes. How did he see it like that? How come the other folks didn't see it that way? Caleb, the Bible said Caleb quieted the people. Can I go ghetto on you? <laughs> Caleb said, shut up. <laughs> you know, sometimes you got to tell the voices of doubt and unbelief, right. shut up. Don't, I don't want to hear that. I, I, God, I don't want to hear that. I don't want to have that foolish, listen to that foolish talk. Some people, you just got to shut up because every time you turn around, they're putting out negative doubt, unbelief. You just got to shut them down. Shut up. Caleb stood there. He said, shut up, shut up. Let's go up and take it. We're well able to overcome it. God made me a promise. I'm not worried about the giants. We're well able to overcome this thing. You see, see, this is amazing. Watch. The spies see the fortified city. The, the ten spies. They see the fortified cities. and They see all the giants and they see all of that. And, and, and they start shrinking back. But, but, but Caleb and Joshua, they looked at the same place and they said, uh, hmm, those folks are on my property. <laughs> they, they're on my land. They're on my property. I mean, God, God promised me that. They're, on, they, they, they're playing with my kids going to be playing in a few weeks. They, they're on my property. They're in my house. That, that's, that's mine. They're on my stuff. Do you not know that you own the earth? The Bible said the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the who? The Bible said the meek shall inherit the what? It's all yours anyway. Y'all sitting there fighting about stuff that's all yours anyway. People get all crazy when somebody dies. We're going to fight about property. Give me this. If you're a believer, it's all. What are you fighting about that stuff for? It's already yours. See, they, I like the Bible. The Bible says they had a different spirit. They had a different attitude. But they, I'm going to tell you something. This thing goes down. This thing, this, thing's get really, this thing get really bad. I mean, it gets really bad. Watch this. So Caleb said, we're well able to overtake it. He silenced the voice of unbelief. How many know you got to silence the voice of unbelief? That's right. Amen. How many know that the atmosphere is important? Come with me real quick, real quick. Do this real quick. Matthew chapter 13, verse 53 to 58. Do we have that verse? Yes. Now, it came to pass when Jesus had finished these parables that he departed from there. Watch this. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in their synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get all this wisdom and these mighty works? Is this not the carpenter's son? See, they were, see, they, they were hung up on where he came from. You know, some folk, they get hung up on what, you know, they, they try to freak, you know, they, they can't hear the spirit because they're hung up on where you came from. Where are you, where are you from? They're worried about all that. They need to be discerning what God is saying. Is not this mother called Mary and his brothers James, Joseph, Simon, and Judah, and his sisters, 
are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? Now watch this. So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and his own house. Watch this. Now he did not do many mighty works there because of their what? God can't work in an atmosphere where people don't believe him. He says that all faith is impossible to please God. The atmosphere has to be one that says, God got this. God, I mean, we don't, see, people of faith, we don't deny the reality of what we're dealing with. See, the folks that did the name and claim, how many of you ever heard of name and claim and stuff? You know, crazy foolishness? You know, try to deny what, no, no, we don't deny what's there. We, we say, okay, yeah, I got, there's a sickness in my body, but God's about to heal that. We just declare that God's power is greater than the, the sickness that's in my body. We don't deny the reality of it, but faith says, no matter what it looks like, I'm coming out on top. I'm going to get victory over this. That's people of faith. Now watch this. So the atmosphere, now look at this. Now go back to Numbers chapter 13. So Caleb says, now watch this. Look at verse number 31 in Numbers chapter 13. But the men who had gone up, watch this. The men who had gone up with him said, now here, here, here it is, because you know, Caleb was a discerning man because he knew what was going on. Y'all knew that, right? Because Caleb jumped in there and said, look, y'all shut up. They had not said at that point that they had not said at that point that they couldn't overcome them. They were getting to that. Caleb discerned their spirit and said, shut up. But now, right here in verse 31, they just totally go all out. Watch. But the men who had gone up with him said, here's what they said, we are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger then we, duh, <laughs> they were always stronger than you. You see, what they, what they failed to realize, that, that, and we got to realize this too, that the reason we are where we are because God has brought us here. God has been our strength. He's been the one that beckoned us. He's been the one who's been sustaining us and carrying us and providing for us. It's never been about you in the first place. See, they're focused on the problem, and they're saying, well, they're stronger than you. Well, they were always stronger than you. It was never about your strength and your ability that's going to get you into the land of promise. That's God's stuff. That's, see, see, that's the anointing of God, the favor of God, the power of God that's going to take you to where you need to go. You've got to remember as a believer that, 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 that God is the one that's pulling the strings in your life. I know you're awesome. I know you're smart. I know you're bright. But there was somebody who engineered all that. There's, there, there, there's somebody I know that can say, okay, today you stop breathing, and it's done. How many know that's power? Lazarus, get up out of the grave after being dead for several days. How many know that's power? Jesus, speaking to the sea, walking on water, all the waves. The winds, disciples in the boat. Jesus wakes up. He says, peace, be still. Everything stops. That's power. That's, right. Amen. That's power. That's power. So he had to let them know. So here they are. They're talking about, oh, what, what I can't do. You know, they're stronger than we are. As if they just got their revelation. <laughs> They've always been stronger. And then look at, and then look at verse number 32. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report. Now I want you to hear that. I know faith is contagious, right? But you know doubt and unbelief is too. They gave the people a bad report of the land which they had spied, saying, the land through which we have gone as spies is the land that the virus inhabited. Oh, yes. And all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. There we saw the giant. Here we go again. The descendants of Amnak, watch this, and, and it came from the giants. And we were like, watch this, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. And so we were in their sight. Did you hear that? Is that a winning attitude? 
They looked at themselves as being small. They said, we are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. You want to know how people see you? How do you see yourself? Do you see yourself as a, as a warrior, as a king, as God's kid? that has the authority and the power of Christ, all the grace of God living on the inside of you, that resurrection power that pulled Jesus up out of the grave. Do you not know that we have this treasure? The Bible says treasure in earthen vessel. How do you see Do you see yourself as a loser? Or do you see yourself victorious? I like to call this a grasshopper mentality. But do we have any Caleb's in the house? Amen. That's right. I said, do we have any Caleb's in the house? Amen. See, Caleb's are folks that jump. See, Caleb's will get on your nerve. Because <laughs> Caleb's are always talking that faith stuff. They're always talking about how that we can make it. They're always pushing the envelope. Let's take it a step further. See, Caleb's will drive you nuts. Because they look, at every op- they look at every situation as an opportunity for God to show himself strong. Right. Caleb's. Right. We need a church full of Caleb's. Y'all should be pushing me. Come on, pastor, let's go. Right. Let's go take your land, pastor. Don't, let's not stop here. That's good. That's right. Pastor, we're well able to take it. Let's go. But the thing about it is that, that, that the people brought this bad report. You know, there, there are always folks that, that, that bring bad reports. You know those folks. You, you know who those are. Those are like the spies. They always get, they just always look at the negative. You ever met people like that? It's always the negative. The first thing they see is the negative. You start saying, I'm going to make it. I'm going to do this. They start saying, yeah, but I don't know, brother. Do you have the money for that? Now, listen, we need practical people, but you know what I'm talking about. But there are some folks that just, every time they open their mouth, they put seeds of doubt. And they always talk about what we can't do. Oh, I can't do this. I don't know if you can. You know, we need some Caleb's. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I ain't raising up a bunch of 10 spies. Amen. We need some Caleb's in the house. Amen. That's right. Push the envelope. That's good. Let's go win the loss. Let's fill this place up. We can do it. Let's go, Pastor. Let's go take it because God says it's ours. That's right. Caleb's. Now, look at verse chapter 14. Now, mind you, the enemy had not picked up a sword and hit not one of them. Before we get into this. So the Amnaks and the Giants, they, they ain't even had a confrontation with them. All right? I want you to hear this. They had not had any interaction with them. As far as we know, the giants of the land, they didn't even know that they were there because they were spies, right? So they, they snuck out. Amen. So there's been no confrontation. There's been no real dialogue. Nothing happened. But look what happened in chapter 14. So all the congregation, let me look at the name and say everybody. That, that's ghetto talk. That's what I came out of, so I just, you know. So all the congregation lift up their voices and cry. And the people wept that night. I mean, you're talking about a negative attitude. They're here, they're now, they're, I mean, they're weeping. They cried that night. I surmise they probably cried all night. What you crying for? And the children of Israel complained. Now they start complaining. See, whatever there's faith, whatever there's a lack of faith, there's a lot of complaints. We start hearing a bunch of complaining, it's a lack of faith. Watch. And all the children of Israel complained against Moses and Aaron. And the whole congregation said to them, "If watch this, if only we had died in the land of Egypt. Or if only we had died in this wilderness. Why has the Lord brought us to the land to fall by the sword that our wives and our children should become victims? Why did that come from? Do y'all see this? This is... This is not what God promised them. But that spirit of doubt and unbelief is like a cancer. You see how it just attacked? And now, before they were in the land of Edom, they were oppressed. They were saying, God, deliver me. Now it gets a little hard. Now it's like, okay, I want to go back now. 
Some of you have come out of stuff and you said, God, give me this. I want this. And God is giving it to you, but you're experiencing some challenges, some difficulties. Now you're thinking, I don't know. I need to go back because it's too hard. But then you ask God. Then you pray and say, God, I want that. Now it's getting hard. Now you want to go back to Egypt. You want to go back to bondage. You want to go back to oppression. Go back to the place where you have prayed that God would deliver you from. How many know they got a negative attitude? They're weeping. They're crying. They want to go back. And, and I'm going to say, I'm going to drop another bombshell on you. God is offended at our unbelief. God is offended when we don't believe him. One thing to get God stirred up more than anything else is a people who will not believe him. You don't even have to be perfect, but you got to believe in God. Watch this. But Pastor, where you get that from? Well, God got so mad. Look at verse number 11 in chapter 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, this is God talking. Now watch this. Now y'all, some of y'all didn't know God talked like this. Watch this. Then the Lord said to Moses, how long would I put up? How long would these people reject me? And how long will they not how, how long will they not believe me with all the signs which I perform among them? In other words, God said, of all, of all the stuff I brought you through, man, let's make it personal. That's right. Go ahead. All this trials, all the things, you knew the stuff you were in. You knew where God brought you from. God has brought you all the way here. Why now when you get into this point, are you, you won't believe me. Why are you doubting my word? I said I would take care of you. I said I would provide for you. Did I not say it? Why are you doubting me now? Well, what are you doing? God says, Moses, how long do I have to put up with these people? They won't believe me. They won't believe me. They won't believe me. How long? I said earlier, a second ago, that God is offended at our unbelief. And to show you how offended God got, watch what he says. Watch this. He says, I will strike them with pestilence and disinherit them. Does anybody need interpretation? <laughs> and I will make of you a nation greater and mightier than they. God said, here's what he said. He said, I'm going to kill all of them. With pestilence, I'm going to wipe them all out. Some of you say, oh, that, that, that ain't the God of the Bible. Okay, let me read. I will smite them with pestilence and disinherit them, and I will make of you, Moses, a nation greater and mightier than they. God's going to get what he wants to get, whether he got to go through you, around you. He's going to get what he needs. And God is going to perform his will in the earth. I just want to be one of those say, God, when you call my name, I'm ready. I don't want to be sitting back, you know, when God called me and he's just walking around me and through me. No, I don't know about you, but when God called, I want to say, Lord, I'm ready to believe. Let's do it. God got so mad. God says, I'm, I'm going to wipe them all out. Now, now, now the story, if you, if you read it, because we don't have time to read it here. But Moses interceded. How many know we need some intercessors in the house? Amen. That's why God could trust Moses. Moses said, wait a minute, God, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Whoa, God, wait a minute. I said, ho, 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 ho. And Moses went to praying. And Moses said, hey, God, you know, you made a promise that you would bring your people through. Now, if God, if you don't do this, then the nations of the earth and all the other people are going to say that you brought them this far, God, and you couldn't bring them in. God, don't do that. And God changed his mind. And he said, but, but here's what he did. Here's what he said, though. He said, for 40 years, though, because they went in 40 days, for each one of the days, there's going to be a year, 40 years, that you're going to wander in the desert, and that your children are going to go in, but all of those who are adults, he says, I'm going to, you're going to die off. Your children are going to go in, but you're not going to go into the land that I promised. 
Some of you might be saying, you see, and here's the thing, this, this struck me deep because I began to think about the thing. I said, wow. I mean, God is really serious about this thing called faith. I, I, I thought, I said, well, God is really, I mean, for him to say that, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I'm even, I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm not a hard guy at all, but, but, you know, it was me, I'd be like, I saw the people crying and, and acting, I'd be like, okay, God, give y'all another chance here, you know. But God says, Moses, I'm going to get rid of all of them, I'm going to start all over again. Can't use them. David had issues, did he not? Amen. Did God use them? Yes. Moses had issues, did he not? You know, Moses was running from the law. He was a fugitive. You know, he murdered somebody. He was running from the police. <laughs> Moses. See, Moses, I think of Moses. I don't think of Moses like Moses was running. Pharaoh was coming after him. Moses was a fugitive and went running and hiding for what he had done. He jumped the gun and went ahead of God. Many people, in, I mean, know Samson had his issues. Y'all know what Samson liked to do, right? You know what Samson's problem was, right? Yes. He liked them ladies. You know who else liked them ladies? Solomon. Solomon had a whole bunch of them. But you see them do some great things in the Bible. And you see how God still used them. Now, I didn't say that, that we might be emboldened to sin. How many of you know sin has consequences? Amen. So don't be stupid. Don't go say, Pastor, say, I can do it. No, no, no. Don't, let's not be stupid. What I'm saying is this. These folks were not perfect, but they just believe in God. And God saw their faith, and he used them. He said, David is a man after my own heart. David murdered, committed adultery, and God still used them. Because David's heart was tender toward God, and he believed God. In closing, why? Look at this. Look at uh, chapter 14, verse 24, and we'll look at verse 30. Now, he said he was going to kill off all that generation, except for, 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 for a couple people. Y'all know who they, those were, right? Joshua and Caleb. Watch this. But my servant, Caleb, verse 24, because he has a what kind of spirit? What kind of spirit was that? Faith. He believed God. He was a winner. He looked, he, he looked at it completely different. I'm going to get you, before long, listen, you're going to get to a point that whatever you're going through at home, you're going to look at it different. Some of y'all going to stop. Y'all just got delivered from worshiping that problem. Some of us have been worshiping problems like crazy. You know when you start worshiping problems? When you start talking about the problem more than you start talking about God. So you need to get that Bible, get that, if you need to put the word of God all around your house to, to write down the promises of God, do what you need to do, but stop keep dwelling on the problem and start talking about your God and his power to fix it. But my servant, I like that, my servant Caleb, because he's a different spirit in him and he has followed me fully. <laughs> God rewards obedience, come on. I will bring into the land where he went and his descendants shall inherit it. Look at verse 30. Except for, my, except for Caleb, the son of Jenephine, and Joshua, the son of Nun, you shall by no means enter the land which I swore to make you dwell in. People of God, let me say something to you. You serve a mighty God. You serve a God that is undefeated. You serve a God that is all-powerful. If you're experiencing something right now and your attitude has been negative and you're sitting here thinking how you're going, you should not be, don't be worried about how you're going to make it. You need to believe that you're going to make it. Some of you dealing with some stuff that is really difficult. And, and, and every now and then the enemy just start whispering to you, you ain't going to make it. You ain't going to come. You just got to say, no, 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 no. I'm coming through this. Because I look back over my life and I see everything that God did up to this point, and He's always been faithful. Right. He ain't gonna leave me now. Just because I'm struggling, just because it's hard. God is faithful. He is faithful. He just all God wants is people who say, "Lord, I believe you." Lord, I believe you. Yeah, Lord, it's hard right now. I'm struggling right now, Lord. I mean, it's, and, and the pain and the pain hurts. 
But God, I believe it. I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep serving you. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep reading my Bible. I'm going to keep seeking you. I'm going to keep fellowship with the people. I'm not going to stop. Why? Because I am destined to win. You've got to believe that. Don't be walking around. Don't let people put in your spirit. Stay away from certain people. There are some people, every time they come around, they leave you. You're always confused. Stay away from people that has always got full of doubt and unbelief. There are enough of those. And connect with people that's going to, that's going to stir up your faith. How do you know that you have a winning attitude? Watch this. A winning attitude is one that believes that all things are possible with God. Do y'all believe that? One who knows that God is his source and strength. Do you believe that? One who realized that he or she has overcome the world and that, watch this, and you got to live like it. If I'm really an overcomer, then pick your head up. Stop being depressed. Stop worrying about stuff. The Bible says don't worry. Jesus said don't worry about nothing. Well, everything through supplication and prayer, let your request be made known unto God. If you sit here worried this morning, you're in sin. Stop it. Don't you worry about nothing. Just start replacing your worry with some faith. Amen. And watch how God works. God will work in your life so quick. He'll be, I mean, he'll, God will God will move heaven and earth when he sees that you sitting there, you believe in him, and you're going through all this pressure, and you're still saying, I know I'm about it. I know God's going to get the glory out of this. He's going to get victory out of it. I know it. You got to know it. Do you believe it? Amen. Come on, give God praise. Amen. Every head is bowed. Every eye is closed. If you listen this morning, you have not given your life to Jesus. None of this really will make sense to you. Because it all starts with a relationship with him. And he has so much that he wants for all of us. And it's so easy to come to sit and to listen and we make the assumption that somebody is right with God. But I never want to leave this place without giving people an opportunity. Because hell is real. There is no turning back. I don't care what they say. I don't care what Oprah say. I don't care what Dr. Fields say. I don't care what Bill Maher say. Hell is real. And Jesus came to give life. And give you that life more abundantly. If you're sitting here and you cannot say emphatically, Pastor, I know that if I die Today, because how many know life is not promised? You don't know when your, your ticket is going to be called. None of us do. We think we know. We don't know. You don't know how much more time you have. Your day could end before you leave this building. I pray that it don't. If you cannot say, Pastor, I know that if I, if I die right now today, I know I'm going to be in heaven. I know I'm going to be with him. If you can't say that, and you want to know for certain, slip your hand up. We want to pray with you. Slip your hand up. You don't know Jesus. You don't know him. You don't know him. Amen. Amen. Now, maybe you heard this word this morning, and, and, and you've just been convicted because you've been, letting your, you've been worshiping your problem too much. How do you know you've been worshiping your problem? Because that's all you talk about. You talk more about your problem than you talk about God's ability to solve. And you're a believer. And you're saying before the Lord, this is between you and God. This ain't got nothing to do with me. It ain't got nothing to do with nobody. This is between you and God. You're saying, the Lord, I've been, I've been doubting you, Lord. I, I, I've, I've been thinking negative. I've let that attitude, that spirit come on me. I felt like I want to quit. I want to give up. I haven't been a person of faith like I should. If that's you, slip your hand up. I don't want to embarrass you. I just want to pray with you. You're just, you just saying to God. you just believe in God. I see that one hand. I see that second hand. You're just saying to God. You're just saying, Lord, I, I, just, I, 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 just, I know that I'm not supposed to be that way. But it, 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 it snuck up on you. You, get, you, got, you got boomerang. It hits you out of no place, and you find yourself full of doubt and unbelief. Is there another I slip every hand, you're acknowledging to God that, Lord, my heart ain't right, and I need to get it fixed today. I want to get it right. I want to get it right. Amen, 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 amen. Those who raise your hand, I want you to pray with me. 
You're going to sit right where you are. I just want you to pray with me. And the rest of the saints can pray as well as a show of faith and unity. Lord Jesus, forgive me for my doubting heart. Forgive me for worshiping my problem. I'm not going to do that anymore. You've made me a winner. You've made me an overcomer. I am strong. I am mighty. And I am victorious because of the blood of Christ. Forgive me for doubt and unbelief. Today, I'm turning over a new leaf. I'm walking in faith. I'm trusting your word. And I'm seizing my victory. In Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Come on, stand to your feet. Give God praise. Amen. How I many you know we're going to have a good 2012? Amen. Hallelujah. I'm believing, God, that this is going to be your best year yet. This is going to be your most prosperous year. This is going to be a year when things turn around and that God shows you favor like you've never seen before. Father, and I'm praying that you do it just to let your kids know that you've got their backs. Yeah. Father, I'm praying that you would do something extra special for everybody who received this word this morning by faith. I am praying that you do something extra special just, not because you have to, just to let your people know that you got their backs and you're more than able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. We thank you for it, thank Father. You. In Jesus' name. Jesus name. Amen. 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 I received that word this morning. Lord, Father God, I pray, Father God, that you will give us all the ability, Father God, to see the challenges and the obstacles in our life, Father God, through the eyes of faith like you gave Caleb to see them, Father God, for you have given us the power to be more than overcomers. Everybody say more than overcomers through Christ who strengthens us, Father God. And Father God, as we close this service today, Father God, we want to let you know we love you, Father God. We adore you, Father God. You are our strength. You are our stronghold. You are our tower. You are our very present help, Father God, in the time of need. And we thank you this morning. As we depart from this place, Father God, we pray your blessings, your provision over all of us. And we give you glory and honor forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 amen.